Tonight on Sci-Fi Saturday Night, cooking with the Daleks. Enjoy the recipe that will exterminate your species. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It will make a duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that we will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. Good morning, everyone. If you're listening live in Perth, Australia, it's TalkCast 218. Welcome to the DRM Free Universe on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Deep in Area 51 on the sub-level 14 back alley people mover glideway next to the movie reboot booth where any movie company can put in a quarter and come up with something done before to do again and again and again. I am the Dome. Joining the talk cast tonight are the usual suspects. In the Revere Time Vortex, our violent soundboard vixen, countess of technicalness, never level-headed, often outspoken, occasionally awesome, and potentially acerbic, the woman who says during every single pre-show test these two things. Dome, say dome, and damn you, Microsoft, it's Kriana. So, like the Countess Bathory, as Countess of Technicalness, technicalness i bathe in virgin electrons <laughs> mm-hmm. from the stacks of her personal silent zone in the dank dungeon reading room when she remembers to unmute herself she can be interesting or verbose one or the other never both the woman who is known throughout the universe as the robot whisperer because she wants to be it's the zombrarian who not only remembers to unmute herself but even managed to swallow the chipotle before I had to talk. Well played, young lady. Ta-da! From Where's the my gold medal Olympic committee? <laughs> she's a little drunk. Only, we're in for a good time then, because she's a little drunk to that. From the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, our ginger ingenue, the woman best remembered for the amazing wedding scene where she paid all 14 roles in the 3D classic Seven Brides for Seven Zombies, done entirely in Dr. Seuss verse, our very own reanimated body double, it's the dead redhead. Dead redhead I am. I am, yeah, that didn't go anywhere. I was doing <laughs> and it didn't quite work, but... That, that's because you had no clue that's where I was going tonight. That's true, that's true. There I we go. practiced otherwise. For those, for those of you listening live and for those of you uh, listening on, on iTunes or off the website or have put it in somewhat little electronic device to listen to whenever, if you're listening close to when this actually I put it into my Palm Pilot. You do? You still have one of three? <laughs> actually, I still, it's still sitting right here on my desk, young lady. <laughs> um. <laughs> 48 hours ago, we opened up a story bundle at storybundle.com with our very fun friend there, Jason Chen, who wanted to be with us tonight, but unfortunately couldn't. And 
as part of this story bundle and as part of who we are and what we do, we brought in a bunch of people who write cool stuff we like. And we have They're just all- random people. They have nothing to do with the actual story bundle. <laughs> nothing at all. I mean, <laughs> t- well, we no. just got some random people. Because you know. o- oddly enough, it turns out that even though we chose them at random, each one of them was actually an author from that story bundle. Wow, what a coincidence. It's an amazing coincidence, and we're very... A coinkydink, absolutely. Unfortunately, you cannot find the story bundle at Books and Booze. No, you cannot. (laughs) But we will be talking about Books and Booze next weekend (laughs) on the show. So joining us from the Sci-Fi Saturday Night Story Bundle are the author of Angry Ghosts, Alan Farnham, the author of the Charters duology, Matt Selznick. Yeah, oh God, me and names, shoot me now. And you have so many people. I know, So, and I'm just going to fuck it up, so get used to that now. The author of Illweed, Jay Moores, and the author of Bad Apple, Christy Peterson Schoonover. Welcome to the show, Conglomerate. (laughs) Glad to be here. (laughs) Thank you. And there's going to be a whole lot of people talking over each other until we get used to it. We, because the story bundle is is happening now, and we want to talk about this a lot because it's incredibly cool. Uh, normally, we do a half an hour's worth of news. We're going to do about five minutes worth of stuff that we've decided just can't wait till next week. And well, it's not going to really be five minutes because we all have opinions about things. Uh, yeah. Uh, and they, I, I feel like even though we only have, like, we, we really limited ourselves. I'm proud they, of us. There's only, like, five things. There were about 30 when we started. We were like, oh, crap. We're not going to get through all these. But even, get these five. even if we only do three of them. Okay, Kriana, actually, I want you to start off because there's one thing here that's in, incredibly time sensitive and incredibly free. Incredibly free. I think that's it's exactly. Like, you must be talking about the 2014 Campbellian anthology. It's a DRM-free ebook. I guess I am. Then. And it's for freezies, but for a very, very limited time, we'll have a, a link up. Actually, we should probably tweet this too. Okay. Well, Kriana, we'll make that your job to tweet this as soon as we're done. Awesome. I'm totally gonna forget. I know. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. You can download it 100% free, and it, it covers most of the writers eligible for this year's John W. Campbell Award for Best New Writer. That's a big award. Not all of them, but most of them. It's 860,000 words by 111 authors. So one of those would fill up a Kindle. Good news! No. (laughs) No. Good news, this will take up zero room on your bookshelf. (laughs) But, Will, how many electrons had to die in order to make this book? Um, looks like 14.8 megabytes of electrons. (laughs) That's it! That's it. That's that's 111 authors worth of freaking stories. Gotcha. What's wrong with you? There's absolutely nothing Go wrong with you. Go download it right now. You download? No, wait until the show's over. Download it then. We don't want to overload their server. 
Um, so, yeah, grab that. We will have the link up on the website for you to, to do it. Zombrarian, what's the most important thing you have to talk about this week? So, Supernatural. Yes. Supernatural, the show that for most of its existence has been on shaky ground in terms of whether they're going to have another season. And they've been through eight of them. <laughs> and they've been through eight of them. And now they're getting a spinoff. Oh, it's called Supernatural Tribes. And oh it appears to be set in Chicago. And the premise appears to be that there are five, I think. Doesn't matter. There are a number of monster families. And they're all at war. And then somewhere in the middle of this, there's a hunter who was seeking vengeance. Sounds a lot like Grimm, but... Yeah, but supernatural. Therefore, right. awesome so, and without fake German. So it won't be the Glugenflurgen of the week. <laughs> no. Gotcha. And it sounds like it's actually going to be pretty um, complicated. It, to me, it, what I read sounds more like Lost Girl. Cool. So, I'm excited. Well, you know, it's Supernatural is a show that has sat on the on the fringe of being, you know, incredibly popular and the fringe of being incredibly cool, and I've kind of wavered on and off with it for about 2 years. And yeah, you know, the boys, what can I tell you? It's the boys. Don't call them that. It's so creepy. <laughs> Dead redhead. What's the one thing you have to talk about this week? Well, do you want me to do the poll or do no, you? No, 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 no. Uh, Chet? Oh, okay. We're actually saving that. Um, yeah, so that yeah. would be the Indiegogo, Indiegogo mission to Mars. Um, somebody's trying to do the first private mission to Mars f for 2018, which is only a few years down the road, folks. Um, they're trying to get 400000 They're... A little short of three hundred thousand right now. Um, they've got all kinds of very interesting perks. Actually, you could give as little as two dollars, which is kind of nice. Imagine you're not going to get a lot for two dollars. You get a um, sticker, I think. <laughs> no, the two dollars is um, you get to join their online community. That's about it. No, for twenty dollars, you get a sticker set. I want the stickers. The stickers are twenty. There is a hoodie for only fifty. I don't know. I, I thought you'd go for the hoodie, Kriana. Yeah. No. There's uh, an engraved outpost that they're going to put people's names on, apparently. Is, is, it, is it an outpost for their outhouse? Uh -huh. <laughs> see what I did there? I see what you did there, yes. They've got gold coins. Um, they'll send your picture to Mars for you. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, you know, somebody's actually trying to fu to fund this, and it's like, good for them. Good luck. And they're totally not going to make it. And speak well, they don't have to make it because it's an Indiegogo partial funding. And uh, if they don't get the yeah, but if they don't make it, then the project's really not going to happen, and they can just sort of abscond with the money. Um, and that's probably what's going to happen. So they can relaunch an Indiegogo, can't you? Yeah. Yeah, you can relaunch it and then do it a little differently. I, I believe you know we what know else is impossible, Dome? What? According to Ice-T. 
please tell me what's, what's impossible according to iced tea. Reading a D and D book out loud. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't pay a nickel to hear that. First I totally would pay several nickels. I would pay good money to hear. Like, if he did live readings around the country, I would go. I would totally go. <laughs> it's not like James Especially Earl Jones. Especially if he brought his it's, it's exactly not like James Earl Jones. It's ice fucking tea. Have you not heard him do his sta- do kind of live stuff? He's awesome. Boy, I, you know, I can say with with full faith that I am not lying. I have never heard him live. I haven't the slightest desire to hear him live. I don't ever want to hear him read a Dungeons and Dragons book. Aside from the quote that he left, this shit is impossible to read. That sounded Actually, nothing like iced tea. No kidding! Apparently he's a really big gamer, which is why he has to... Which is why they asked him to do this audiobook, and then he realized that, and he's read the books, it's not that he, the quote wasn't so much about, it's impossible to read this, because he's it's read them, he's a fan of them, yeah. but to think for a moment about reading some of that stuff out loud. Oh no, there's not a chance in hell it's going to work. Like, uh, this word has too many vowels. Why Why would you do an audiobook of a D&D anything anyway? Because ignoring the <laughs> imposter. Oh, yeah. Doesn't make any sense at all to me. But, but it sounds like fun. I guess well, it sounds like fun to you, so I'm going to let you go out and buy it and listen to us and then tell us how wonderful it is. How's that? Awesome. So, let's uh, jump very quickly into this week's poll. Sure. This week's poll uh, was an obvious win for me, because it was who's the best sci-fi martial artist. Because, unfortunately, no one voted for you, Dom. I'm sorry. No, not for me. For the the person (laughs) that I brought up, who was the best science fiction martial artist ever, Hong Kong Fui. Actually, he's tied with second, but I think you'll like first place. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, very quickly, uh, our third place person was Jet Jaguar. From the, okay, that makes sense. From those kind of pseudo-Godzilla movies. Um, coming in at second place, we have a tie between Hong Kong Fui and Duncan Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> I think people started just voting for Duncan Idaho because he showed up. That's that's all I can think. Um, and our our winner, I think the whole cast actually might be able to get behind this one. The winner was River Tam from Firefly. I think we can. I think See? so. It's, you oh, it's yeah. the diplomatic yeah, oh, yeah. choice. For nope. once, we all are in agreement for that. Nope. Oh, <laughs> there he is. Nope. So, Brian, why are you always the difficult one? Because Yoda. Eh. Come on, really? I'm still nope. going with Hong Kong Fui, but I'll I'll, I'll go for River. <laughs> I just thought that was the best one. The Muppet with the ears, you guys. <laughs> with the ears? Nobody went with Howard the Duck? No, Nobody. 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 Yoda. Oh. Although somebody did say Kong. No, I'm sorry, they said Kong! I had to turn away from the mic. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, we, because 
Because Hong Kong Fui didn't win, I just have to do this. Hong Kong Fui, number one super guy. <laughs> Hong Kong Fui, quicker than the human eye. And, and <laughs> all of our listeners on Ustream just hung I up. I loved that show when I was a kid. Loved oh, it. Oh, are you loved kidding it. me? It was the best. No, I loved it. Loved it. Absolutely so I've been loved having it. leftover Chinese food from the night before. Absolutely. All right, so I feel like this is, and, this is the point what, in our show. Have, um, who had Secret Squirrel and Morocco Mole? Nobody. I don't know. That was, that was the other one I used to watch. So anyhow. So I feel like this at this point in our show, we should be giving away our first story bundle. Oh, so, how, how do you want to give it away, guys? We actually didn't decide this beforehand. No, we never figured that part out. Okay, Cam and, and Jason like your singing, Christy. <laughs> oh, thank you. They have so, the speakers off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they must, right? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I was going to say, thanks, Mom, for all your singing lessons. They really paid off. Nah. <laughs> All right, all right. So how are we going to give this away? Is it going to be email? Is it going to be in our chat room? Uh, well, let's give one away in our chat room to the person who knows. Uh, what was the name of Hong Kong Fui's cat? Ooh. Did he have a cat? Oh, man. He had a cat. Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Do you know the name of this cat? I do. Pixel. I don't, and I should. Pixel. No, not even close. But that's okay. So while the people in the chat room are all running to Google to figure that one out. Yeah, guys. Well, we have a little bit of a laugh, so they probably haven't heard the question yet. Or they're just hearing it now. Um, now imagine I said now, like and you five have, seconds in the future. I had a winner at that point. <clears throat> Cam knows he had a cat, but so far we have no winner. Um... I think the next one we should do via emails. We will do via email. Or, yes, or the absolutely. Tweeties. So, about six months ago, actually about four months ago. Is it Spot? We had... We had what? Is it Spot? It is Spot. So, Jason just won himself Yay! a story bundle. Yay, Jason. Well played. Jason. Woo! What a great name. So... <laughs> Jason wins. I'm just typing that in now, so they're going to hear it like six times. <laughs> <laughs> so about four months ago, we had Jason Chen on from StoryBundle.com because Kriana had sent me the link, and we kind of went, this is a really cool place. And we talked about some of the bundles that had gone on, and uh, I had bought a couple, Kriana had bought a couple because it was incredibly cool. And we had a really great discussion, and, and throughout the conversation, we kind of found out that Jason was kind of a, a cool guy like us. And when the show ended, we talked for almost another hour after the show ended. Sometimes we do that. We're yeah, creepy that way. Sometimes the after show is a lot more interesting <laughs> <laughs> than people want to imagine. And during the you just made it sound really awful. Thank Wait, you. that really happened? <laughs> <laughs> and during during that discussion, Jace, uh, Jason said, 
you know, you guys have a lot of authors on the show and stuff. And we said, hmm, really, do we? Hmm, odd how that works. So why don't you do a story bundle and curate it for me? And we thought, yeah. man, we know lots of cool stories. We have cool story people on all the time. All the freaking time. Yep. And so it took us about a, two or three months to put one Because we were pretty lazy, that's for... We were kind of lazy. We were it. super lazy, guys. <laughs> and and, and one of us had an accident. There was a bit of last-minute scrambling. And there was. The and part didn't come out right. It sounds like somebody never was. <laughs> Did you wet the bed, Dome? Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> and there go all of our Ustream users again. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, and well. it went live yesterday. And so far, it's been a rousing, rousing success. So tonight, for the remainder of the show, we have four of the uh, authors from that story bundle to talk about their book to talk about why they got involved in this silly project of ours and uh you know why they're part of cool shit we like because each one of these four writers has an incredibly cool book so Kriana, where do we want to start who do, who do you want to start with Kriana? i want to start with the last person we had on the show which would be jay very last second, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we knew you before we had you on the show, so yes, you did. I, I mean, we haven't even technically had Alan on the show yet, so that's true. Even though I've reviewed a couple of his books and read almost, I think, all his books, but Alan's never been on the show. But last week we had Jay on the show, and then we had a, an odd little scare, and we went, "But Jay's got this book." Jay, would you like to do this? And, and your response to that was? It was yes. And then you said, great, we need it by noon. <laughs> kind of did, yeah, didn't yep. we? <laughs> but hey, you did it by noon. Oh, most of it by noon. Uh, J Jason was very understanding as I snuck a couple things in after the release. Yeah, it's all yeah. good. <laughs> so tell us about Illweed. Well... Illweed was my first project. Um, it's a fifth grade reading level. Um, I had gone on a trip to Disney World, and I thought to myself, you know, they rehash the same old fairy tales over and over again. Why don't they just write a new one? So that's what I did. And, called and it it's so cute. There's a ferret. Yes, there is. <laughs> and my wife will always take credit for naming it. So tell us a little bit about the story. Well, the story itself, um, it's from the viewpoint of the bad son. You have your good prince and your bad prince. And it's the story of the bad prince who doesn't want to be the bad prince, so he tries to run away. And in doing so, he gets himself involved with the things that make him the bad prince. Ooh. But then he eventually learns to overcome what life deals him. And I don't want to ruin the ending, so that's all you're going to get. But there's a ferret. <laughs> there is a ferret. He's cute! And one of the things that makes this different from the other books in the bundle is that it's actually filled with these beautiful uh, illustrations. 
Yes, and that that was one of the troubles I had with the last minute. Um, I can't imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here, here's my 300 megabyte file. You're good with that, right? All right. Christy, I would just like to say for one second, aside, Nitro Jill says hi. Oh, oh! I say hello back to Nitro Jill. Nitro she, Jill, she can, is... she can hear hear you. Well, she will hear oh, you great. in about five hi, Jill. seconds. She uh, she lives in Las Vegas, and she is a huge fan of the Ghost Man and Demon Hunter show, oh, cool. which is my husband's podcast. And she's just been a general, all-around cool person who has supported me and Nathan in various endeavors over the last three years. Maybe so she'll like Jill, our show. That's so cool. Hi, Jill. Yeah. Welcome to the family. <laughs> We're just one big happy family. Yes, we are. <laughs> happy, weird, dysfunctional, odd family. Are there so, any other kinds? No, pretty much not. Uh, yes, toxic. And we're certainly not that. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> See? So there. We're awesome. Yep, yep. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Now let's let's talk to let's talk to Matthew. So Matt, when hey, we had you on the show um we were talking about the chartist duology which by the way uh, is one of my absolute favorite books thank you kindly and I, i've said that repeatedly and i will say it for as long as you want to hear it but i, I want, just uh, I, I don't need to hear it but i need everybody else to hear it so go out into crowds uh flash mobs whatever take a take a bullhorn that's flash perfect. mobs that sounds good i want to do that Sorry. I, be- I believe I believe I wrote with a little bit of judicious editing. <laughs> In a world where science has altered some children by genetically enhancing their physique, they navigate the tur- turbid political waters of the adult world. I'm not sure "turbid" is the right word there, as well as the world of their uh, unaltered peers. It's a chilling series of interwoven cautionary tales told with style and unique, compelling characters. Yeah, that, that captures uh, it's certainly a very complimentary description. It certainly captures the tone, and I appreciate that a lot. Uh, yeah, the, the, the two books in the Charter's duology are Brave Men Run and Pilgrimage. So, uh, when <coughs> folks participate in the story bundle and they uh, choose a price that's $10 or higher, they're going to get uh, actually two books uh, uh, for my, in, my, in my one title. Uh, so, you get a little extra uh, on that. And together, the two books um, tell the story of Nate Charters, who is uh, sort of a misfit teen, um, kind of outcast, low self-esteem because of his unusual appearance and uh, the abilities that, that, if his self-esteem was a little bit better, might make him kind of badass. But as it is, he just, just wants to be- kind of belong, you know. The story takes place... Uh, in uh, well, the first book takes place in 1985 at the height of the Cold War, um, and the whole international political situation is thrown for a loop um, with the appearance of these, we'll call them for as shorthand, superpowered individuals who suddenly declare themselves and declare that well, their leader declares that they insist on being considered sovereign individuals not subject to the laws of any of the countries in the world. Um, 
which you know when when the the two superpowers on the planet are already pointing a bunch of missiles at each other um, adds quite a bit of kerosene to the to the bucket you know uh, I was going to say it doesn't make it doesn't make the world a safer place at that not point. in the slightest <laughs> yeah and uh, and so our our boy Nate suddenly has to face the idea am I one of these sovereign people is that who I am and so Brave Men Run follows his journey of self-discovery, figuring out, you know, who he is, where he comes from. And, um, you know, there are some sinister forces. There are always sinister forces um, chasing after him and causing some problems. And then in Pilgrimage, we pick up a year later where Nate is a little older, a little, well, he's actually a year older. How's that? It's interesting how that works. Um, he's uh, a, a little older and a little more confident, but, you know, honestly, not all that wiser. And he still has some lessons to learn. Um, I, as shorthand, I've described Brave Men Run as being about figuring out who you are and pilgrimage being about figuring out who you want to be. Um, so the two novels together form, uh, hopefully, a nice... Uh, long-form character arc of about 160-odd thousand words. The interesting thing about these two novels, aside from the fact that they're incredibly good, is the span of time between the writing of those two novels, at least for me. <laughs> interesting <laughs> is a charitable way to put it. Yeah, there's uh, seven <laughs> years between, <laughs> between book one and book two. Uh, yeah, a lot of life uh, in, those, in those seven years. Um, How I, did that I, I happen? Well, I was, uh, I never intended there to be a second book about Nate Charters. Uh, I, I've got five Sovereign Era books planned out for the, for the basic arc, the sort of tentpole arc for this story world. Um, but I, uh, I didn't have another story for Nate. Um, and, you know, in between 2005 and uh, when Pilgrimage was released, I did other things. I released uh, an anthology and several short stories. I had a couple of false starts on a novel, um, did podcasting and, and worked in a startup and blah, 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 blah. So there was a lot of life and a lot of creativity and a lot of production happening, just not another Sovereign Era book. Until um, an idea started to come to me, a way that I could both tell a meaningful story about that character and push the Overall, overall arc of the Sovereign Era forward in a meaningful way. Uh, and uh, so, once I had that kind of figured out and uh, outlined, I asked my reader community, okay, you guys have been saying you want another Nate Charters book. If you're serious, let me know. Um, did a survey, about 80% of the people said, yep, we sure would, and we'll, we'll, we'll pay to make sure it happens. And so, I did a Kickstarter that uh, helped pay for the uh, editing and cover art by Neil Von Flew and other things. <laughs> That's, um, <clears throat> I don't know where to go with this because you know, I, I just sit here and, and tell everybody how cool this is, but you got to pay 10 bucks in the story bundle. I was going to say, this seems like an opportune moment to, to give another bundle away. Bundle so... <clears throat> So, okay, um, well, what's, what's the question going to be? How do I get an awesome bundle of stories? Like, well, this? no, how, what's, what's the test question? What do they have to write in the oh. chat to win? Um, um, hmm. Hmm. Don't play Duncan Idaho in the Dune movie. 
<laughs> Which one? Which one, yeah. The David Lynch movie. Why do you keep asking questions that I don't even know the answer to? <laughs> I guess you don't get to win the bundle. I guess not. Okay, somebody's head just fell off. <laughs> it's me. Okay. So, here's how the story there, bundle works. No. <laughs> here's how the story bundle works. There are four books in the story bundle. There are three bonus books in the story bundle. When you go to storybundle.com, you can... Pay what you want. Pay exactly what you want. And there's only a, what you want, with a minimum a of three bucks. There. There's a slider there that says from $3 to, I think, $50. Wait, okay, Cam said Patrick Stewart, but I don't think that's right. That is not correct. He, did, he didn't play Duncan Idaho. He was Gurney Halleck. That's right. Wait, Patrick Stewart was in it? I gotta watch this movie now. No, you, you don't. really don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what I thought, but Patrick Stewart. We'll never get that time back again. <laughs> so when you go to the Story Bundle website and you hit the, hey, I'd like to buy this, <clears throat> you hit the buy button and it says, get the bundle. Then it says, the previous customer for this bundle paid whatever. In the case right now, his previous customer paid $12. Now, there's a slider that goes from $2, actually $3, to $100. And you can pay whatever you'd like. You can pay $3 and get the four books. You can pay $100. But if you hit the bonus activated switch, which goes on at $10 and the books turn red, <clears throat> you then get the three bonus books. So for $10, you actually get seven books. Then there's a second slider that says author story bundle split. So of the $10 you put in, because I'm trying to keep this. <laughs> I was going to say, we're just going to go through the whole process here. I think we are. I think, yeah. I think we can figure out how to use it. You can decide how much you want to go to the authors, what percentage. Then you can also donate 10% of that to a charity. I would just like to point out here, we get no money from this. Here yeah, on Sci-Fi Saturday Night, we don't get a cut. The no. cut goes to the, to the authors, it goes to the charities, it goes to storybundle.com. We're doing this for the love of awesome people writing awesome stories. And um, no one's answered that question, so let's think of a different question, guys. Jason, Jason asked if the bundle comes with cable and telephone service, and no, it does not. <laughs> he so would ask that. What famous actor killed Duncan Idaho in the Dune movie? Okay, that no, these are too obscure. Um, <laughs> no, that should be easy for you. Was it Patrick Stewart? If the answer is not Patrick Stewart, it's too obscure. <laughs> hey, Dome. Yo. Could you talk a little bit about the charities that are involved? Sure. The two charities that you're uh, able to give to are Mighty Writers and Girls Right Now. So these are both charities that deal uh, with young, young adults and, there you go, and writing. Beyond that, not a clue. 
Kriana? I, I think I think they both because I took a look. I think they both uh, hold workshops and yeah. do literacy advocacy for young people. Um, one is specifically focused on young girls. The other just on young people in general, um, helping people uh, in urban areas really get uh, excited about reading and, more importantly, writing. And the only reason I, I want to kind of put a spotlight on that is all you have to do is click a checkbox when you, when you check out, uh, when you buy your bundle, and 10% of whatever you donate will, uh, what, will go to one of these charities that you select. Um, you know, it's, it's awesome to be a part of this project, but I really think that's, that's the coolest thing is that by getting these books and, and by helping out, honestly, by helping out each of us authors, you're, you also have a great opportunity to, to do some good and maybe create some new writers. So The next generation. Cool. What? I, writers, the next generation. <laughs> well, I just wanted to add, too, um, that I was really thrilled with the charities that are going to benefit from this bundle because it's not just creating new fiction writers for the future. Um, this is, you know, in, in one case, you have underserved uh, young people in urban areas, and you also have, in the other case, you have young girls that need to develop writing skills. And what's really important about this, I worked for a while. I taught at Gibbs College for a while. Um, which is now defunct, but one of their requirements, Gibbs College, a lot of its um, demographic were the underserved, um, you know, urban populations. And these students had to take a writing course, uh, an English course, and I got the privilege of teaching a couple of sections of these underserved populations. And at first they were like, why the hell do we need to learn how to write anything? I don't care about this. I don't want to read. I don't want to do this. But then we were able to show them how learning very basic writing <laughs> skills can help them, you know, get jobs, keep jobs. Um, the thing they loved the best was I taught them the five-paragraph essay and how to write a persuasive letter and get free stuff. Nice. I said, you know, you go nice. to Walmart, you buy sneakers for your kid that you saved months and they break the next day. You need to learn how to write a letter to get your money back. And, you know, by the time we were done, they were just all excited. They knew how to wrote, write coherent sentences. They knew how to speak for themselves. And I think it's not just about creating the fiction writers of tomorrow, this is very, very needed, especially today in a world where everything is text-speak and people just, you know, communicate in ways that aren't necessarily effective anymore. And so I really think this is important, and I was thrilled to see those two charities on there. I'm like, this is, I'm probably going to buy two story bundles just so I can donate to char those charities because they're awesome. So anyway, well, I'll shut up now. But okay, okay, okay. Here's here's the question. Here's the new question. You will oh win boy. a story bundle if you can accurately tell me what fruit is in the title of one of the stories. <laughs> ah. And while we're talking about that, uh, Mighty Writers works uh, mainly out of Philadelphia, teaching inner city kids how to think and write with clarity. They run year-round workshops for about a thousand kids and teens, ages seven to seventeen. Uh, they uh, write uh, themed writing workshops, one-on-one -on -one mentorships. 
uh, SAT prep courses and college essay writing classes, drawing students from the 125 city schools, public parochial magnet and charter. Girls Right Now. Uh, oh, is we have a winner. No way. Oh, yeah. Jill totally wins. <laughs> she said Apple. Good yeah. job. Jill, I love you. This is Chrissy. I love you, Jill. Now share it with your friends, Jill. Share it with your friends so we get more money for these charities. And I know you're good at that. And I know you can hear me. <laughs> so. so for girls right now, for the past 15 years, more than 4,500 underserved teen girls have benefited from the Girls Right Now community and uh, their flagship mentoring program in New York City. Uh, has been as a record of achievement innovation recognized twice by the White House, by the New York Times, and the MacArthur Foundation. So, uh, yeah, this, this is incredible stuff. And it doesn't cost you anything more to do that. On top of that, all the books are DRM free. Woo! And that's important. Woo! Yeah, it is, says Cory Doctorow on Boing Boing. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about that, Kriana? No. <laughs> I'll talk about that. Yeah, okay. yeah, Zombarian. Because I'm very proud of my girl. Yay! Go so, ahead, Zombarian. Kriana, was it yesterday, Kriana, that this happened? Or this yeah. morning? Yesterday. Between yesterday and this morning. At some point. Kriana sent Cory Doctorow an email. Uh, Zombrae, you're kind of going in and out. Is there a cat next to you? There is no cat next to me. I might be moving my head. That that would be it then. I do that when I talk. (laughs) So she she sent Cory Doctor an email that said, hey, we're doing this story bundle, and it's kind of cool, and if you want to check it out, here's how you get one, because we like you enough to give you one, and you're a big supporter of DRM Free and also awesome Charities. And one time he wrote about us. That one And time. one time he wrote about us already. So we figured, you know, doesn't hurt to just pass him the message. And he not only said, hey, that's cool. He said, hey, write this up and you guys can be on Boing Boing. So we are. So oh, now we are. Just to toot our own Now, horn. Now explain why Corey would, would be pleased that this is DRM free. Because Corey Doctor thinks that people who put DRM on ebooks are the devil. <laughs> so he's well, an atheist, so really he just thinks they're big poopy heads. But let's explain why. That's a quote. Can we explain why? You can explain why. No, this is your thing though. But I don't know the exact reasoning, and I'm trying to get out of it. Are you going to be all like, there was a robot? DRM? I help you guys out with that. DRM is bad, okay? DRM is bad, okay? So DRM stands for Digital Rights Management, and it's... It's a technology that's on, well, a lot of ebooks and music and videos and the DVDs you buy and the uh, uh, electronics that you buy. And basically, it restricts through this mystical hand waving technology, it restricts what you can do with the content that you purchase. Uh, it would unless be unless you're if, clever. Unless you're clever. But uh, the sad thing is, 
we shouldn't have to be clever to, to do what we want with the content that we spent money for. The thing is, when you buy electronic media, whether it's stories or, or music or software, you're usually not buying it. You're licensing it to the person or company that created it. And the DRM makes sure that you don't go against that license, which is often very restrictive. Like you can only use it on certain devices or you can't watch this movie on your tv and your laptop things like christmas in the dark right so (laughs) yeah so i mean having drm on an ebook would be like like receiving an electric shock if you tried to to give a paperback book to a friend of yours to read because you liked it uh so all of my books uh in the story bundle and not in the story bundle are always drm free they have been since i did my first ebooks in 2004 and uh, I'm really pleased that, uh, you know, that was one of the criteria of this bundle, that all the books be completely free of any kind of digital rights management. When you get the books in this bundle, you own them. You can do what you want with them. But, but, but Matthew Wayne Selznick, doesn't that lead to rampant piracy? Who cares? Pirates are in. <laughs> well, I mean... Look, piracy... Pir- Piracy is, is, first of all, piracy is a silly word because... Um, none of us wear eye patches when we do it. Yeah, none of us are killing people in I Somalia. I kind of want to. Um, you know, it, and not w- kill people, wear the eye patch. I don't know if we want to get too deep into the discussion of, of illicit... Sure we uh, do! Sure we do! Let's do it! Let's I dive into no. it! Please no. Please. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't know if this is the right platform for that. I'd love to come back on the show and talk about it, but let's you know, let's focus on talking about the uh, the bundle. We the still bundle. have some authors we haven't yeah. heard from. Yet. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, all right, who should we do next? Alan. Hey, Alan, Alan is an author Hi. I've known personally for a while, a couple of years, and uh, I've read I think all your books. Cool. And when it came time to put this together, I think I walked up to you and went. Are you in? <laughs> I don't think I even gave you a choice to say no. <laughs> uh, not like there would have been anyway. Yeah, I've, I've known Les a long time. Uh, oh, whoops. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, known you a long time, brother, and uh, we always had the same interests. So glad to be a part of this. So talk talk a little bit about Angry Ghosts. All right. Um, we'll start with the title. Uh, it's one of those things where uh, you get this what you think is a great idea in your head and you, you finally write this book and, and you think it's this masterwork and you send it out there and you, you start shopping it and, and getting uh, some feedback on it and all of a sudden you realize, holy shit, there are people that are a lot better than I am at this. <laughs> so then you go back to the drawing board and uh, you, you shop it some more and you, you keep turning it over and over and over again. And so I finally had this thing that I thought was it was a good book. I was like, all right, it's finally. It's finally done. All right, I'm, I'm not going to revise or edit it anymore. And uh, what do I call it? Hmm. I don't know. Labored. Thought about it. Long hours. Days. Asked friends. And uh, finally came up with what I thought, all right, this is, this is kind of a nugget. It's like uh, it's not going to give away what, what happens in the book. It, uh, it's kind of... Trying to trying to encapsulate you know this this big grand idea that I had in my mind, and uh, after I put it finally on the cover, Angry Ghosts, I talked to my one friend who went all the way out to Tibet, uh, learned Chinese, went to go learn the culture and everything. And it's like, oh man, you should have called it Hungry Ghosts. Oh. <laughs> totally right. That was exactly the concept I was going for. So, anyways, title aside, 
Um, every writer starts somewhere, I guess. Um, a lot of people have a similar story, but you know, there's there's just something inside that wants out really, really badly. And uh, some people struggle to bring it out. This one, no, it, it had kind of been beating around for a while, and you finally give it expression. And and like I was saying before, you know, first book, it it's never it's never right. You know, either you make a lot of mistakes and, and you try and fix them before you put it into print. But uh, there was just something about this book that wouldn't. And, and this is the part I struggle to explain. It just wouldn't be contained. You know, I had this idea, all right, they're going to do this and that and the other thing. And then the characters kind of started to tell me where they were going, that uh, it was more or less out of my hands at that point. And if that sounds schizophrenic, I'm okay with that. It's a little schizophrenic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I don't mind at all. But, uh, you know, as far as the, the impetus, the spring or whatever, where the, the basic concept comes from, I was trained as a political scientist, minored in economics, and in that, I, I, I just, I was so fascinated by competition of, of individuals and groups of people and then, you know, nations and then states, you know, how they, how they vie against one another and the swapping of influence and power and, and then the economies of scarcity and and how that leads to competitive behavior and ultimately how that leads to wars. Uh, you know, the kind of the ultimate expression of collaborative efforts. And uh, it, it just really, really took me to kind of a dark place. The more I learned, it, it just seemed like there was a fundamental baseness uh, to existence. And I, I kind of wrestled with it. You know, it, I couldn't go any further than a bachelor's degree in it because I knew that if, if I did, I was just going to become so cynical that you know, I wouldn't be any good to anybody. Uh, I hear you. But, uh, you know, I, and the other side of it is I always had this really, really deep interest in science. You know, like uh, I'm a child of the space age. I grew up with the Columbia, a huge mural of the Columbia orbiter on my wall. And uh, that really shaped me. You know, I just... Could, I just couldn't wait to see these amazing new technologies that we were going to invent and these new societies that we were going to build. And uh, as I grew up and matured, I started to see how technology is frequently implemented. You know, a lot of these wonderful missile technologies, well, it's more about intercontinental ballistic missile booster technology at this point and, you know, how, how all of this radical, amazing science can be turned. And, uh, and that was the thing that, that just wouldn't stay contained in me. I, I just kept wrestling with these ideas, these concepts, and trying to reconcile them inside. And, uh, you know, the, the book was ultimately an expression of that. And what I thought was going to be one single story of maybe 300 pages uh, is now in its third book with the conclusion, uh, hopefully, <laughs> this will be the last of the series. And I... I can wrap it up and, and move on you know, with, with some resolution, I might add. And kind of release that demon inside you, finally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. I uh, hope so, anyway. But, uh, you know, it's, you know, Christy, like you were saying, it, it, I wish more people wrote, I wish more people did this so that they could really sit down. I mean, it requires a lot of careful thought. And to be able to write, 
you don't have to be able to, you know, be a master wordsmith. Mm-hmm. Just being able to write and, and communicate and express yourself well, I just, I think that's so important. And I really... It, it really is. Absolutely. I deeply respect the people that bring that kind of literacy, uh, you know, and, and have the patience to struggle against the apathy that, that you must have had to deal with. Uh, not just from students, but also from other educators that maybe aren't as motivated. I mean, I know, I remember, I, I'm trying to think how many different schools I, uh, I attended, you know, because family in the Navy, we moved around a lot. But uh, it must have been at least seven different schools. And, you know, from the administration through the teaching staff to the students, even just the curriculum itself, there's sometimes a lot you have to, have to cope with. So quick question for the dead redhead as completely aside to completely off topic. Does Robert <laughs> Jordan ring a bell? Yes, it does. Is that the correct answer to one of those questions that we asked? For Duncan, Idaho. Oh, oh, well, somebody emailed me the answer. <laughs> so, Dale, you also win a story bundle just because I'm, I'm going to give some more away. Um, we <laughs> actually, we've cool. met Dale. We've met Dale at at Granite Con this past Hmm. year. Okay. We had lunch. Nice to hear from you again, Dale. We had lunch with him. Oh, of course. The lovely lunch. Dome says, okay, and you know he really doesn't remember who I'm talking about. No, I actually do, because halfway through that meal, we had to run to go do an interview. That's true, but it was an (laughs) awesome interview. Um, so before we get to the inimitable Christy, uh, let's give another one away. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) What, um, so the question this time is going to be, um, spell Duncan Idaho. No, (laughs) (laughs) that would be too easy. That would just be favorite character showed up in the famous football uh, Super Bowl. No, ad. no, 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 Super Bowl, no. No, stay away from the Super Bowl, please. Allergic to Super Bowl. <laughs> oh my god, Dale's gonna be at Books and Booze? No way. Uh, no, he's gonna be at the Books and Booze table at the Queen City Kamikaze Con ah. in a couple of weeks. Oh my god, excellent. Well, we will see him there then. Um, I don't know. While you're thinking of another one to give away, think very carefully. I I am like, um, um, can, can we take this to Pee Wee's Playhouse? Is that allowed? No. What? Yeah, okay, sure. Okay. What character on Pee Wee's Playhouse said Mecca Lecca High, Mecca High Ho? Oh, okay, I just oh, have to take an any, awesome question. any excuse that I have to really say. Cool you don't know the answer? What? I know the answer to one. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Yay! So, anyhow, Christy, time to talk about Bad Apple, uh, uh, a really ugly, horrible book that I just adore. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, Christy, you are one of the most interesting writers we've ever had on the show. I don't know how I can adore your work because it is so dark and so odd 
And Christy, I, you're just a creepy person. I have to say that. Creepy. Like, right. having been around you for a while, you do everything right. creepy. Like, I don't even understand how it's possible to be that creepy in your everyday life, but you somehow manage it. Well, thank you. And have you visited my dead bird blog lately? Because I, I have not, but I like dead things and also birds, so I feel like I would enjoy that. <laughs> well, I would say my greatest disappointment in the last month was my husband has this beautiful bird sanctuary outside in our backyard. I mean, beautiful. This man has busted his ass. We have like 17 different species of birds all year round. And he calls me up the other day. And of course, we're getting snow again. And he calls me up and he says, oh, no. I think the hawk got one of our birds because there's a big blood spatter with feathers on the snow. Oh, and I was like, oh, my God, really? And he's like, yeah. So I came home, and, of course, it was after dark, so I didn't photograph it. And the next day I went out, and I couldn't find it. And I said, you lied. And he said, no, it's one of those brown things. And I said, well, now it's brown. So now we've lost the red against the snow. So... You're the bird photographer. Why didn't you take pictures? Oh, well, I didn't think of that. I'm like, I have a dead bird blog. The next time you see that, would you please do me a favor? Oh, my God. I would have loved to have seen that. Well, you shouldn't uh, me have too. a I was very disappointed. The brown yes. just didn't pop against the snow. It was very upsetting. But anyway, maybe there'll be a next time. Now, so on Prairie, you talked about your book on our blog. And her her wonderful quote was, deeply disturbing in the best way possible. Yeah, I was really blown away by the review you guys gave the book. Um, it was uh, Bad Apple. It's I should probably say, as long as we're talking about charities, let me yeah, say yeah, by prefacing. Yeah, by prefacing this with 50% of all of my royalties. Um, including whatever I benefit from with the author, with the story bundle, will be going to the American Association of Caregiving Youth. They also get three copies from every, um, $3 from every copy that I hand sell, like at a con or whatever. And every year on December 31st, I just write them a check for, you know, half of whatever it is I've made or the $3. I just kind of keep track of it and send it at the end of every year. Uh, the American Association of Caregiving Youth was featured in 2012 as one of CNN's uh, top uh, charities doing amazing work with underserved populations. Uh, for those of you who don't know what caregiving youth or who they are, they are children or teenagers that lose their childhood and don't get the chance to fully develop in a myriad of ways too soon because they are caring for ailing grandparents, ailing parents, ailing siblings. Um, I was a caregiving youth, and nobody really understands, I think, unless you've been there, the impact that that has on your life and your adulthood and your ability to kind of grow up normal, and I put normal in air quotes because what is normal really, um, but it can be a very damaging, crippling thing. And what the AACY does is it makes sure that these kids have time to play. It makes sure that they have study time. 
it gives them opportunities to go out and be children. Because a lot of times these kids are caregivers, you know, that you have eight-year-olds that are, um, you know, giving their grandmother their daily dose of morphine. You know, with me, it was my mother. Um, you know, I was nine, ten years old. I knew all about needles and where to stick them in veins and all this kind of stuff. This is not stuff that eight-year-olds should know. This is not stuff eight-year-olds should be dealing with. I had my three siblings after me that I had to care for and make sure they brushed their teeth and got their lunch and got out the door. And my father was an English teacher. He was working his butt off to make sure that we had everything we could. And he did the best, you know, that we needed. He did the best we could. But, you know, there were days he'd give me a check and say, here, just sign my name and go to the store. So really, at 10 years old, I learned how to forge my father's signature. You know, it was a different world back then. It's you a good could do skill. it back then. But yeah, but this is this is the the kind of obstacles that these kids face and they don't learn to love themselves, they can often be affected. So, now that I've talked enough about that, um bad apple, uh it flew out of me at a writing retreat. I wrote the thing in 9 days, top to bottom. Um it went through years of editing. Um, several critique groups. It went through professional editing. It went through a lot of stuff. It laid in the drawer for a lot of years. Finally, I had a friend 10 years later who was working for the publishing company that has it now and said, oh, my God, I need that book. And I said, which book? She goes, you know that thing about the girl and, you know, there's an accident at the beginning. And she goes, I just love that book. I want it. And I went, okay. So... I said, are you sure, Nanette? It's kind of, you know, not that great. She goes, that's fine. We'll fix it. We're a publishing company. we got resources. <laughs> we'll take care of it. Um, and it didn't need that much work in the end. Um, the biggest problems were very technical and actually very small. Um, but it was very raw. And after a while, when I saw I was messing around online one day, and I saw the AACY, the American Association of Caregiving Youth, and I read the article, and I went, holy crap, that's me. Holy crap, I was one of those kids. And then I went, holy crap, this is what Bad Apple is about. This was me trying to process all those years of damage um, to move on from it. Bad Apple is about a girl who lives on a main apple orchard. She's very young. There's an accident that basically leaves her motherless, and she's kind of forced to take over a lot of responsibility. And through the lens of horror, this is her story about how she interprets the world as thinking what she's doing is positive stuff. Um, but in reality, it's totally not. <laughs> it just goes downhill from there. Um, so anyway. So it's a deeply disturbing and yet beautiful book all at the same time. Well, thank you. But I didn't realize till years later that's what it was. It was like what, um, like what Matthew was saying earlier. It was a way to process my demons. And yet I have gotten wonderful letters from people I don't know who've read this book and they're like, this book, like, it changed my life or it did this and it did that. And you know what? Then I did my job. If nobody really buys the damn thing but one person writes to me and said, oh, my God, I totally got this and it helped me, then I did what I was supposed to do. And maybe everything that I went through when I was a kid was worth it. You know, just to change one person's perspective on something, it's always worth it. And you the know, scary so. thing is, for those of you listening, 
this is only four of the books. <laughs> so there's so much going on in this bundle. There are so many different stories to, to read and to process. Uh, I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to talk to Michael Sullivan tonight about Hollow World or uh, Chris Robertson to talk about uh, Demonic Visions, 50 Horror Tales. But here we are. And this is Sci-Fi Saturday Night's Story Bundle. Joining us tonight have been four of our amazing authors, Alan Farnham. Oh, Matt are we Sullivan. done already? My dear, it's, yes, we've got but, over an hour. But, 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 but. Yeah, I'm actually kind of but, disappointed because I wanted to talk to Jay about Disney World because I have two Yeah, let's talk about Jay. Disney World some more. <laughs> also, Cam won. No, I seriously have two questions for Jay. Okay. okay. I really I'm do. ready for them if we have okay, time. Okay, from one park geek to another. Yeah. What is your favorite Walt Disney World ride? Oh, my favorite has to, that's still there would be the Haunted Mansion. All right. Okay. You're cool. My, I just was like, what's your absolute favorite? You know what my favorite is? I love the Haunted Mansion, but this is so stupid. You know what my actually favorite ride is? You're going to laugh. Get ready to laugh. I'm sitting down. Dumbo. Okay. The People Mover. I love the People Mover. It's a timeout and ride. And I refuse to call it the Tomorrowland Transit yep. Authority. I am sorry. I <laughs> that is officially so. the timeout ride. You take all the kids on that, and that's like everyone exactly. down. And you just go, and, and you know if you get it on a slow day, they'll just let you sit there. It, it's you can go a through for like yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, you can go ahead again, you know. And my other question to you is, if you stay on property, what resort do you call home? Like, what's the resort you like the most if you stay on property? Because I know some people don't. Well, I think my the one I spent the most time at would be the Caribbean Beach Resort. Oh my God, that's really cool. My home is Riverside. Okay, yeah. But Caribbean Beach Resort, I've heard great things about. And every time I want to go there, I'm like, no, but Riverside is where I belong. <laughs> well, that's how I feel about Caribbean Beach. So Exactly. It's like, people don't realize, Park Geeks, we have our homes. And it's like, no, that's where I belong. <laughs> that's right. All right, all right. So, so the next person who tweets at SFSN with their... Disney Park Home gets a story bundle. Ooh, good job. Oh, nice. Thank you. Good job. Oh, well, and uh, Matthew? And if Matthew, you haven't you been, you can get. I am still here, yes. Oh, Matthew. I just wanted to say my sister picked up the bundle, and she emailed me and said, holy shit, I need to read yours first. <laughs> yours meaning mine? Yeah, yeah yours meaning Matthew. <laughs> That's she, she's reading yours. She bought the bundle and she's reading yours and she just said, holy shit, you need to read this one first. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> so I'm going to do that. But I especially wanted to say to Alan, I'm very interested in Angry Ghosts because you were talking about Hungry Ghosts earlier. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of J-horror. So I recognize right that. And I know that's like the new mon cheap tawdry moniker for it, but I'm a huge fan of J-horror. I've been a fan of Asian horror for years. And the second I thought saw your title, I was like, "Holy crap! I got to read that one first. So I. <laughs> okay, but first. it's it's totally sci-fi though. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, but it's all right. It's okay. okay. I just like the title, and I went, "That's cool. I'm going to go with it." Awesome. Thank you. 
All right, Ellen, so I'll be quiet synopsis. now. But I, I've been dying of the whole show to like shout out, and I'm like, okay, now is my turn. I got to do it now. Before there, there was your turn. You, you totally had it. And like I said, the next person, even if you're listening to this on a podcast, you know, you never know. Tweet at us. Let us know your favorite Disney park. Let us know your favorite uh, story bundle. What are you going to read first? I want to know. And uh, we'll talk about whatever you say on the next show, and we'll give away a bundle to uh, one of you who I will pick completely at random based on the color of your Twitter avatar. Yeah, and Jay, I think you have my email um, in that group that we were doing for the story bundle. If you shoot me an email with your snail mail address, I'll send you a copy of Skeletons in the Swimming Hole, Tales from Haunted Disney World. Which is a oh, fun, fun oh, book. Oh, I love that book. Nice. Oh, it's awesome. ghost stories set in Disney parks. It's for park geeks. Actually, that goes for all, for, you know, the other authors, too, if you want it. But you I know, feel like we've I, created I a little geeks, family so. here. A little family of authors that we've brought together in this, in this <laughs> awesome, awesome. Little bundle of stories. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah but I can send hard copy or I can send, um... Actually, yeah, I can only send our, co- our hard copies for skeletons because the Kindle copy is in such terrible shape that I don't even talk about it because it was, you know, a small project that I did, and I hired somebody that kind of didn't know what she was doing, and so I don't Jay- promote Jason that Jason would much. like us to know that Skeletons in the Swimming Hole is also available at Books and Booze. <laughs> it is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> which which is our new favorite store, but it's always been our new favorite bookstore. If only because there are drunk spirits, spirits right. with spirits. If no, you it's will. B O O S, not B O. Oh, I always mess that up. Thank you. Thinking it's B O O Z E. It kind of is in spirit. Spirit and spirits. There you go. So, Kriana, can you give us a quick rundown of what's going on in the next couple of weeks? Sure. Next week, uh, we have the amazing Jamal Eigel to talk about Molly Danger and the dangers of Kickstarter. On the 22nd, we're talking with Dave and Steve of the Boston Area Toy Collectors Club. On March 1st, Stacey Longo joins us to introduce her new book. Oh, I don't even know what it is. Oh, it's a mystery. It's called what? Secret things. Is that for sure? Yes. Wow. How do you know more than me? <laughs> That's so sad. And on March 8th, we have Christy back to talk about Poison Ground. I thought there Dead was going to be a reaction to that, but I guess not. Yes. All right. Dead no, redhead. I had my phone on mute because I was taking a drag <laughs> off a cigarette. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he calls himself Brian. <laughs> All right, well then, Dead Redhead, take it away. Okay, Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic-Con, Ranicon, Rhode Island Comic-Con, and ComicArtHouse.com. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by the Traffic Lights. Pick up their CD, Hold the Folk, at RobWattsOnline.com. Doom? Dome, like, <laughs> stepped away into an echo chamber. I think he was thanking everyone, so I'm going to just take over. Thanks, Alan and Jay 
and Christy and Matthew and thanks me because I'm awesome. I'm gonna thank Dome because he's over there in the corner. Uh, thanks to Zombrarian who's cuddling the kitten, and thanks to the dead redhead who's cuddling the undead kitten. Yes. All right. That, thanks, that, everybody. <laughs> that's gonna wrap it up this week, and we will check in about Story Bundle. What? Thanks to Cory Doctorow. Thanks to Cory Doctorow for putting us up on Boing Boing. You rock. Congratulations to Cam and Dale and Jason and Jill, our bundle winners. And don't forget to tweet and you could win another copy. And we'll check in next week about how our story bundle is doing. And thanks for listening. This And Jeannie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased, and thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. Storybundle.com. <laughs>